All right now, ma'am, which would you prefer? What are the options again? Well, we've got sliced turkey, uh -huh. honey roasted ham. Oh, that's good. Or the roast beef. Love that too. So, what will it be, ma'am? Uh, well... Sophie's Choice. I think I will go with... Will not be presented at this time. The roast beef. So we may bring you this peculiar podcast. Change my mind. The ham. Excellent choice, ma'am. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Me. You're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. Is Lisa, as compared to last podcast, I have plenty of deceased people to talk about. Thank goodness up. for that, because boy, yeah, that was a very weird anomaly last time. Yeah. You had some obscure piano lady, yeah, last yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so this week, and of course, I know this guy was a giant. Harry Belafonte. I thought he was terrific. At first blush, you think, eh, I don't know. Is that good singing? But it is. He was great. He, and his genre was kind of calypso music, I guess they called it. But this was his biggest hit, Banana Boat yeah. Song. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, 90, 96 years old. Good long life. Yeah, that's a good and he was run. also he was also an actor too, but I can't remember what movies he was in. You know, he would come and go, do movies, and then maybe ten years would go by, and he wouldn't do any other movies until yeah. he did. And his career was very eclectic, but his uh, career arguably took second uh, second billing to his uh, civil rights activism. Equal rights, civil rights, in a way that uh, very few celebrities do. There are some that will stick their toe in the water, but not immerse themselves the way that mm -hmm. Harry Belafonte did. And sometimes at the peril of his career. But uh, he weathered through all of it. I think he'll be remembered as much for his activism as for his talents. Whenever I hear this song, I can't help but think of the scene of in Beetlejuice of this song. Uh, when they're, all the guests around the dinner table are possessed by the house spirits, and this song comes on, and they start dancing against their will. It's such a great scene. In it, is. it is. Yeah. I am, uh, at the end of our podcast, I'm going to play a uh, parody version of the Banana Boat song. Mm. Uh, I was a big fan of a satirist, musician, singer, cartoon voice guy named Stan Freeberg. Mm -hmm. uh, people uh, ask me, who was your big influence when you were growing up? Uh, and, and he was, uh, maybe right at the top of the list. He yeah. did uh, satirical songs, 
uh, anything that was popular in culture at the time, whether it was Elvis or anybody else, he would do some sort of parody version. Like, th this was a typical Stan Freeberg send-up song. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's dead at the end of lonely streamlet. Heartbreak hotel, well, I'll be, I'll be so lonely, baby. I'll be so lonely, baby. I'll be so lonely, I could die. Could I have a little more echo on my voice? And I love that stuff. <laughs> it's still, yeah. And it still holds up pretty well. And uh, he did a version of the Banana Boat song, which I'll play at the end of the podcast in its entirety, because it's my, maybe all my all-time favorite. Really? I, lo okay. I, I just love the, the sound of it. That's what got me as a kid. I love yeah. the way the music sounded, the sound effects. That you will hear in uh, his version of the Banana Boat song. Uh, anyway, that's that's coming up later, but in a way, a tribute to Harry Belafonte. Old Man River, that old. The word old has a connotation some of the more elderly people find distasteful. I would suggest you make the substitution, please. Elderly Man River, that elderly man river. And Harry Belafonte, like a lot of other artists, from Barbara Streisand to uh, Elvis and, and so many more, recorded the music of another artist. Uh, here's Barry Harry Belafonte doing a song from another guy. The last time I saw her face And the other guy, it turns out, has also passed. We just found out. Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. Uh, 84 years old. The last time I saw her face Her eyes were bathed in starlight And her hair hung long uh, He had had health problems for some years now. Uh, he had an aortic aneurysm, Bell's palsy, uh, things that would ruin most people's career, and it sure short-circuited his for a while, but... He always tried to come back, and he had so many big hits. He's out of Canada. Wreck mm -hmm. of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, do you remember that song? Yeah, I didn't like that one. It was kind of a downer. It's about a, yeah. a ship All where his... a bunch of men died. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. All his songs feel... <laughs> Like the the one, um, if you could read my mind, is just oh, like the most tear jerking heart like breakup song ever that yeah, I can't even listen. You could read my mind, love. What a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time movie about a ghost from a wishing well. And another, uh, I just love that song. And then yep. another one, beautiful, was a just is a song that is beautiful. At times I just don't know how you could be anything but beautiful. Think that I made for you. And you were made for me. But uh, one time I went to a Gordon Lightfoot concert. I was really into him. This is probably the mid-70s. And I, and I wanted to go so bad, and I couldn't find anybody else who wanted to go with me, so I just went by myself. Good for just, you. Just, I was, always think our own company is the best company. Well, you didn't ever hang out with me that much. But 
yeah, I was okay, and I got a really good seat, and I was all excited, and he's about to come on stage, and this couple comes and sits right behind me, and uh, they're very loud, and the woman particularly is a little uh, vociferous, and then just shortly before the, the concert will begin in five minutes, everybody, right before that, she barfs on me. <laughs> She does a technicolor yawn right over my shoulder. Oh, Pat. <laughs> Was she drunk? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And they they escorted the couple out, and they said, Sir, uh, under the circumstances, I said, No, I'm, I want to see the concert. So I sat there, really kind of by myself, strangely enough. Uh, nobody around. And I watched the uh, Gordon Lightwood concert. I can see her lying back in her satin dress in a room where you do was it worth the barf? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple others I wanted to mention quick. Um, there was a woman named April Stevens who passed away at the age of 93. And uh, you might not know her name, Lisa, but I bet you know this song, even though it was recorded and, and was a hit when you were not even born yet or barely born. It was 1963. Mm. It was a song that was a hit for Bing Crosby. This was uh, Bing Crosby's version of a song called Deep Purple. Yes. When the deep purple falls over sleepy garden walls Well, then the April Stevens and her brother, Nino Tempo, was his name. There's a name for you. Yeah. Uh, they re they got together and they recorded that song, Deep Purple, in a different sort of fashion. In one part of the song, April Stevens just recites the lyrics, spoken word sort of stuff. And then Tempo, her brother, sings back in falsetto. And they say later that they kind of back their way into that unusual treatment because Tempo, the singer, couldn't memorize the lyrics. So the idea was that April would just read them out loud to him and, uh, and, the, and then he would just sing them back. When the deep purple falls Over sleepy garden And so the whole song took them all of 14 minutes to record. Uh, it was considered a pretty sloppy recording, but they put it out anyway, and it became number one in 1963. And it won a Grammy. And uh, April Stevens was the was half of that uh, that duo, and she died at the age of 93. She had one other big hit song before that, which some people thought was offensive. It was called Teach Me Tiger, and it's <laughs> kind of on the sultry side, uh, from 1959. Hi, Tiger. Teach me tiger, I'll kiss you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Show me tiger, I'll then a guy named Mark Stewart has uh, shuffled off the mortal coil. He was he headed a group called the Pop Group, 
He was 62, British post-punk. This was their big hit from 1979. We are all prostitutes. I suppose there are people, uh, couples, who get together at a restaurant or somewhere and that song comes on and they go, Honey, they're playing our song. Jerry Springer checked out. Yeah. I have a Springer Spaniel dog and I always wanted to name him Jerry. (laughs) Jerry Springer. But uh, cooler heads, namely my wife, uh, put her foot down and said, No, you're not naming him Jerry Springer. Springer, of course, had a, uh, he was a mayor of Cincinnati. He was in politics. Yeah, I forgot about that. But of course, but that's he is, not what people remember him by. Oh no, no, that uh, notorious talk show. And uh, I guess Springer died, as I told somebody else. And we never will find out if indeed Jerry was the real father or not. We'll never know. His show was ridiculous. It was silly. Uh, People, it was, you know, pretty bogus, really. People would get out there and ham it up. It would almost be like a professional wrestling bout where the outcome was already predetermined. Everybody knew their roles and all of that. But it worked. People loved it. It was a big staple of daytime TV. A man marrying a horse. (laughs) He said, I better come out and say it. I left my wife and two children for a Shetland pony. I'm getting nervous. That horse is staring at me. (laughs) And the other thing I noticed about the Jerry Springer show was that the sponsors around the show were pretty consistent, including uh, divorce lawyers. (laughs) They were, that was the main sponsors, uh, local sponsors, at least, of the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. He's gone. That was never a draw, never a draw for me. I just... No, no, me neither. It was violent and silly, and it just felt like, I mean, I don't know how to say it. It just felt like there were really low-class people on that. I mean, if if he'd had, like, (laughs) I don't know. I think it'd be really interesting to have really rich, sophisticated people on there (laughs) doing that. Just to throw a a change up. Yeah. My guest today is uh, (laughs) Queen Elizabeth of England. Perhaps you've heard of her. (laughs) Well, I'd like to know who the real father of, of Prince Harry is. That's what I'd like to know. And, and very often would break out into fisticuffs, of course. Exactly. These phony like, security guards would have on. to run in, but always a little bit too late. It's been one week since we got to see cheating lovers and cousins that marry. Five days since they had the show with the hermaphrodite, the flood, and the crack hole. Three days since we heard the tale about the guy who learned and I have one more uh, one more passing to to mark today and that is my grandma Mickey passed away oh, uh, Lisa, recently I'm so sorry. and yeah she um how old was she uh, she uh was born in 1936 mm-hmm. um so if i'm doing my math right she lived to about 142 
So yeah. she had a good long life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Math 1936. She was from Holland. She was just this gorgeous European beauty, um, always had this accent. Uh, her name was Josephine Alida, and everybody called her Mickey. And she married my grandfather. Grandpa loved the ladies mm. a lot. He loved a lot of ladies. And my mother was a product of his first marriage. And then he found my grandma, Mickey, who was, um, I think she was about 25 years old when I was a baby. Mm. <laughs> so she loved taking me to the grocery store. I can remember that she telling me this, that, and she was just a beauty, blonde hair, beauty, just a gorgeous woman. And she would love it when I would run after her calling grandma and people would do a double take because she's this gorgeous 20 something year old woman. And I'm, you know, calling her grandma. She thought that was always just a hoot. So That's yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Grandma. Well, I'm sorry. Um, God. Yeah. So you were you were gone uh, last week uh, yes, to the uh, 50th state. Now, I was. I want to ask you about that. Yeah. You better, you better have some good stories. I want to just mention one quick thing. We are recording this on a Sunday morning. And yes. I have a Sunday morning routine where I get up. I'm one of those nerds that tapes all of the Sunday political shows. And I don't know about you, but I... Fast forward through all the talking heads. I have no interest in hearing them interview Asa Hutchinson, uh, you know, from uh, Arkansas, or I don't mm -hmm. want to hear the Secretary of Defense. I don't want to hear somebody who's thinking of running for president. I go right. Wow, you're 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 fast forwarding through all that to what the commercials? What are you doing? I go to the part of the show. Most of these shows have a panel discussion ah, where they where the they, panel. they they opine about. Uh, things ah. they can be political writers, they can be uh, yeah. bloggists, you know, people on the internet, uh, yes. network reporters, and all that stuff. And so that to me is more interesting. I want to get their take on mm -hmm. all the blather that they had played at the beginning part of these shows. Well, anyway, yeah. it, on on local television, they do these little news cut-ins. The network gives local stations a period of time where you can talk about the local weather, maybe do a few news stories or something. This is a small market uh, down here in Central Oregon, but so they don't get the creme de la creme. I mean, you're not going to see uh, Walter Cronkite on the local news down, or or anywhere for that matter, because I re I just remembered he passed away. But but they also have this woman that comes on on the weekend. But check out her name. Here it comes. That was a little hard to hear because I recorded it off the TV, but that's her name, Bula, Bula Batibo. Welcome to News Channel 21. I'm Bula Batibo. What? Bula Batibo. I'm Bula Batibo. What? That's an awesome name. Listen to her again. I'm Bula Batibo. And she just throws it off. I'm Bula Batibo. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's a fantastic <laughs> name. It's the best name it I've ever is. heard. It is. Bula Batibo. And it reminded me, I said, where have I heard something, not that exact word, but Bula Batibo, Bully Batibo. And then it came, finally came to me. Salagadula, Menchikabula, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Put them together, and what have you got? Bibbidi Yeah. <laughs> So even if she's not that talented, with a name like Bully Batibo, it's gotta, she's got to go big time. It's great. It's great. And it reminds me of, I had to do this for radio, not because I was named Lisa Bully Babibo. But 
But if you because, had that going for you, you wouldn't have had a oh, Maybe that is her. Maybe that's not her real name. Maybe that is her stage well, name. I've seen it spelled out, and I, I don't. I can't spell it for you now because I didn't. But I love that she stuck with it and didn't create some, you know, um, I'm Jane Smith, and here's the news. Well, how many times have you heard stories about, especially in the olden days of show business especially, where people were supposed to change their names? Yes. It's rife with people. Uh, You know, Marion somebody became John Wayne, Cary Grant, all these people Assume Early new Monroe names because it's Norma Jean, yeah. Or, or they want them to prove your physical appearance. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. get that gap in your teeth closed. Uh, uh, get that mole removed. You, your mm-hmm. nose is crooked. Let's straighten that out. Yes, your feet's too big. Don't want you because your feet's too big. Can't use you because your feet's too big. I really hate you because your feet's too big. Yeah. And I admire the people that resist all of that and say, nope, this is who I am. This is, uh, if you take me as I am or not at all. One of my uh, favorite shows is called Barry. Have you seen Barry? It's got Bill, Bill Hader is the star. Yeah, I've heard it's a good show, but I haven't seen it. There's an actor who plays a bad guy in it named Anthony Kerrigan. And he is a bald-headed villain sort of character. But he's wonderfully funny. Want to win a million dollars? I'm not going to fall for that one again. All right, listen up, you clowns. I'm just kidding. You guys look great. He, it turns out, as a kid, got alopecia. And so his bald head and lack of eyebrows are real. He lost all his hair as a kid. Obviously, it went early in his career, he, they said, okay, put this wig on. Put these fake eyebrows on, and, and he complied because he wanted the work. But then he came to a place where, nah, this is how I look. This is who I am. Uh, I might lose some parts th- because of this, but this is—I'm going to be true to myself because this is how I really. And uh, and he's done that, and he's just—he he won an Emmy for his character. He's just a wonderful character in this show. Mm. I recommend it. It's called Barry. Hey, I want to let you know, and I know you're not used to me saying this to you, but I want to let you know that you are right. Uh, just repeat it several times, and I'll take the best take. <laughs> Pat, yes, you were you were right. Well, that 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 right dropped out a little bit. Can you say okay. it one more time? Pat, you were right. <clears throat> Sorry, a got a little bit, gravelly but... throat there. Let me yeah, let me do it. One yeah. more time. Okay, <clears throat> one more time. <clears throat> Pat, you were right. Man, that's an embarrassment of riches. I'm going to have trouble picking out the right take. But um, so, do do speaking, tell. Speaking of TV shows, I decided to uh, binge Succession season one. Oh yeah, and I'm into season two. So I watched. Oh man, you were. Binging. I had a. I had a plane plane ride, a little plane ride. Uh, you mean an me ordinary to, ride? A little plane ride that took me over to Kona, Hawaii. And that was a perfect time since I had five hours to cool my heels, six hours in the plane, to just, just I just downloaded them all and just got through, the, and I'm halfway through the second season. It's really good. You were right. It's, it's really, really good. Good. It's, good. it's really good. But yeah, what a great show. I'm glad you caught up with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, and do you, do you agree with me that it may 
actually overtake Breaking Bad as the greatest show ever. Well, you you didn't declare that. You didn't declare that till the fourth season. I'm only in the middle of the second season, so it's a good show, but I don't know that I could declare it better than Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'll have to give it another season or so and see. But yeah, so far so Fair good. Enough. It's they're yeah. they're quite um they're just such a mess. Oh my god. <laughs> they're you- such a mess. If you feel horribly about your family, just go sit down and watch a season or two of this and you're going to go, oh God, thank God I've got these people in my life and not yeah. these people. Yeah. Well, even of course it parallels, uh, not in just a coincidental way, with uh, the Murdoch family and, and the Fox uh, mm-hmm. Corporation, which also had some interesting developments. Uh, the farewell of Tucker Carlson, and abrupt as it was, he will be missed, but not by me. Yeah. Well, he's not gone, so don't 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 be don't be dancing too hard on his grave yet because he's unfortunately not gone. Well, he'll, guys he'll, like he'll him turn up and he'll turn up in some other uh, iteration of some sort to. And he's probably going to strike while the iron is hot. You know. Of course. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's get to it. Uh, tell us about your trip to. Uh, the Big Island of Hawaii. I, I heard from you like one day, the first day you were there, and then and then it was crickets after that. <laughs> so I assume you were having a great time, and that's why. Uh, I, I had a lovely time. It was a time to reflect and soothe my soul, and you know, I'm going through a breakup that hasn't felt really um, completely resolved for me. Um, dealing with rejection is never fun and it's getting a little easier but that was sort of a reset for me to just go to Hawaii and soothe my soul and it was wonderful uh, and beautiful I didn't do a whole lot which was my intention was just to just get a a, a change of scenery uh, do some reading do some writing uh, do some sleeping arithmetic it's arithmetic um the one thing I did do, my, my plan wasn't to sightsee or do anything other than just go heal and cry and do my thing, which I did. And But I had a friend who said, listen, if you're going to go, I know you don't want to go do anything. He said, go do a nighttime snorkel with the manta rays. It, it is astonishingly beautiful. It's a life, it's experience of a lifetime. And I said, All right, I'll go do that. So (laughs) what's interesting on the ship or the boat is that they, uh, they offload this sort of contraption that has lights that shine down in the ocean and that attracts the plankton. That's what manta rays eat, and they eat plankton. Well, and now, when then, it attracts the plankton, what do the plankton do? The plankton don't don't swim around that Whatever the little swimmy plankton-y things are. I don't know. Plankton I is thought, a, plankton is a city in things. Pennsylvania, I believe. <laughs> yeah, so whatever, whatever they feed on, it attracts. The lights attract it, and there they come. And okay. then it's yeah, big, well, it's a big, It's a big buffet for the manta rays. Then you, everybody gets off the ship and they go grab onto these handlebars that are on this little contraption. And basically you just float there with your mask on and the manta rays swim around you. You're not really going anywhere, but just sitting there and the manta rays come. Well, I got to tell you, it was, I know this word amazing and awesome. These words get used quite often. 
that was amazing and it was awe-inspiring. We had four manta rays show up and these creatures are big. They're like 15 feet. They're long really? and huge mm-hmm. and gorgeous and gentle and majestic and uh, graceful. And they just, they'd swim all around me. So you have your snorkel mask on. You could just hear people in the water going, ooh, ooh, every time, every time a manta ray would swim near them, ooh, ooh. Now the problem, you it was You think manta fanta- rays are doing that right back at them? I know. Jeez, look at I those know. people. Look at They're those like, big, look at these humans. Things. Jeez, what are those? I know, what are those? But everybody was just ex, you know, exclaiming in their delight. You could hear them in the in the struggle thing. The problem, everything was absolutely fantastic. It was so gorgeous until I passed. Yes. Sitting on the boat still was really very rough and rocky. And then when you got out onto that little platform thing, the 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 waves just again, just all that movement and motion was just making me queasy. So I'm one of the people going, ooh, oh, ooh, oh, ooh. and finally I'm like, I gotta get out of the water because I am gonna barf. So mm. the diver escorted me back to the ship and they gave me some ginger ale. And the guy said He's probably pretty used to this. The captain said, look, if you got to do what you're going to do, just do it right over the side of the ship, right over the side of the boat. Don't worry. Just do what you're going to do. And I'm thinking, I have much more dignity than that. I am not going to be the person among 30 people who's going to barf Ralph over the side of the boat. I was so mad. I was so sick. And there were a couple of kids probably... 10, 12 years old. And I heard one of them walk by the bathroom where I am ralphing. And he says, yeah, we got a puker. Yeah, we got a puker. We got a puker. Uh, I'll tell you what, it was worth barfing it was worth yeah. barfing it was so so i'm gonna do it again but this time i'll what, the barfing? T- take motion no, motion sickness precautions pills or patch or whatever a wristband whatever i just didn't even think about it because i didn't it wasn't like a full-fledged boat ride it was just heading out only about you know 10 minutes from the yeah. from the inlet and but the man it was rocky and there were quite a few people who were kind of queasy i have a feeling i was the only one that barfed though but it was so awesome were they it serving was... uh were they serve we used to go on these things called the booze cruise oh. and they, they'd be <laughs> snorkeling trips but they'd, they'd ply you with a bunch of liquor and cold mm. cuts uh to promote barfing i'm sure but that <laughs> okay everybody Eating enough of these finger sandwiches and and uh, knock down a couple of drinks. Okay, let's get in the water. We my wife we went to uh, Kauai one time and mm-hmm. and the same sort of thing. We went on a little boat and this one was to see sea turtles. They were they're Ooh, they're all yes. over the place there. They say know, so. I we went out that. not very far like you did to see these sea turtles, and we're in the water and I remember I'm swimming around and. I got a glimpse of one off in the distance, but I'm just looking and looking, swimming around, and I'm underwater, and my wife is 
is swimming not very far from me and she keeps pointing over at me but not, and I'm looking around and so anyway, finally we get up out of the water. I get into the boat and I'm just saying, ah, man, I got snake eyes. I didn't see anything. I, did you see any turtles? And and my wife, Patty, said, yeah, I saw I saw a really big one. It was right underneath you. <laughs> and literally the whole time I'm swimming down there, this sea turtle parked himself right underneath me. So underneath me that I couldn't see him because I'm looking right and left, but I'm not looking down. Yeah. At my at my torso, and yeah. he was he was there apparently for ten minutes or so. I never saw him. He didn't quite touch me. Basically, he was giving me a ride. Look at that turtle go, bro. You know, you do something that I don't do, and maybe it's a woman guy thing. I don't know. What? But as you were talking about how you go to. Uh, I don't know. Do it's a, a reset, a mental reset. Yeah, heal yeah, yeah. my heal my soul and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never do that. I've never done that in my life. I, I can't I can't think of any time where I've gone to a trip or taken a sabbatical somewhere just to just to contemplate uh, where so I'm going in life, to lick wounds, to maybe I need to stop all the the killing. I do really do believe that part of it is your ego that you're like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm I think fine. that's right. I think I'm that totally is totally fine. And then, then you're totally fine and you stuff your feelings and then it comes out and you start to kill. That's yeah, what yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just, and I, you know, I know, I think women would be more likely to go to uh, visit a therapist, psychological therapist, psych, you know, yep. I, I've never done that. And I think I might've benefited from it. Uh, but at this point, I'm going to go to somebody and I'm going to figure out the meaning of life and then I'm going to keel over it. Found, found out the information yeah. too late. I love my therapist. I I feel that it's just another way to uh, understand what motivates. I'm very curious about what motivates me, what things pain me that don't pain others. I, that's all extremely interesting to me. And But don't you uh, think you already know that stuff? Oh, God, no. No, you think you do. But no, there's so many things that we wrestle with that we just, it's really nice to have somebody give you um, a little bit of a different way, a different lens to look through it. And I, I think it's very, it's really valuable. So mm. you really do get to know yourself better <clears throat> when somebody else can, again, give you a different perspective on it. Because you can get locked into things and get stuck on things. And um, especially if you've had childhood trauma or, you know, adult trauma. And I came out of a pretty traumatic childhood that I thought I had managed. And turns out that crap's still following me around a little bit. Yeah. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. I'll be your therapist. Is there anything you want to tell me? No, but I, I was going to say, I know three therapists, adults, uh, psychotherapists, and uh, and so it, it's not a big sample <laughs> size. But Do they look at you and sort of cluck their tongue? <laughs> no, no, but they, but like, as on, people, I would say, and I, I don't mean to be uh, uh, less than kind here, but they, these are like the people, no, you don't, you shouldn't be a psychotherapist. You need a psychotherapist. Well, they in, most in of them three, have one. In all three cases. Yeah, they're, they're, 
Uh, I wouldn't want to use the word nutty, but they're they're just kind of interesting people that aren't like uh, what we would call normal to begin with. And then <laughs> well, they now, become psychotherapists, therap- and they're going to uh, give uh, advice and counsel to other people. I just, I don't know. I just thought it was A good kinda... therapist would say there's no such thing as normal. Everything's normal. Well, That's I, what a good I, I think that be. is true. That's why I hesitated a little bit. But we're all human, word, even but... even psychotherapists are human, and we all have our vulnerabilities and frailties and all that stuff. So I, I don't know. I just have my therapist doesn't mean you're immune to it. Yeah, I just have trouble acknowledging someone else as some kind of therapist, uh, some kind of expert on uh, on matters of life and the heart uh, beyond what you probably know yourself. Maybe they just maybe they're door openers for you, but you already know where the Ideally, door is. Yeah. 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 Somebody said this to me the other day. I think I was getting a haircut or getting some other service done. So, are, so are, are you having, do you have any fun plans for the day? God, I hate that question. I hate yeah. that question. Yeah. I hate that question. And Dad, I have was, I told you how much I hate that question? No, not you just. What the hell is the not, point of that question? Well, it's, I hate it's, it. It's babble. It's trying to fill time. And, and I hear it so much that it must be. Part of someone's training exercise or something. Oh, always you're ask people. Right. Try to engage them. Ask mm-hmm. them what they're up to. Uh, what they're so that they say, "Oh, you're interested in them," and then my, they might give you a bigger tip. I, I don't know what the thinking is, but I, I never know what to say to that. Uh, I'm, and if I did have any fun plans for the day, I'm not telling it to a total stranger. Uh, so you know, one time I told somebody. I said, yeah, actually, I plan to rob a liquor store later today. (laughs) And they got really quiet. And I thought, okay, now great. So in the news that night, liquor store was knocked over recently. (laughs) Police are looking for a suspect. And this hairstylist comes, calls the police department and said, well, I don't know if this is of any interest (laughs) to you, officer, but I did have a uh, client today who did say that that was part of his plans, his fun plans for the day. Hey, uh, here's what I want to ask you. Every one of us, we're all nuts. I think that's yes. not too much of a generalism. And nobody knows what how big a nut we are except us. Uh, oh, can, no. Sometimes we don't even know how big a nut we are. I disagree with that. Well, I think I'm a pretty pretty big nut. But, you uh, are. You know, we all uh, walk around and, uh, you know, do a little bit of acting. And people, oh, man, he's a nice guy. When they don't really see your dark, uh, seamy underbelly. But I realize beyond all that, I have idiosyncrasies that are kind of weird. And and that, and so, which I would expect because I'm weird. When I was a kid, little kid, but old enough that I can still remember it. I, first of all, I could not go to bed at night unless I had a glass of milk. And, and I was convinced that I would die in my sleep if I did not, because I would die of malnutrition or, or thirst or something. And I, so I had yeah. to have a glass yeah. of milk. And if I got in trouble, like get to bed right now, then I think, oh shoot, how am I going to get my glass of milk? 
So one time I remember sneaking back upstairs. We Our bedrooms were downstairs. I snuck up the stairs. My dad was sleeping, watching TV. And I went on my hands and knees and sneaked my way past him. It's like in, like in the movies, you know. You're trying to steal a, some jewels or something. And I sneaked past him and got the glass of milk and glugged it down. And on my way back, he woke up. What are you doing? Oh. So that was one thing. I, I just felt sure. The other thing is I used to, this is hard to explain, but I would take my upper lip and overlap my lower lip with it. Oh, and, gross. And I that would feels weird. And I would take my index finger and my thumb and I would rub them together. Uh, I guess it was like a comforting or soothing thing I would do. That was just the weirdest thing. And I don't remember when I stopped doing it or why I did it in the first place, but it was just strange. Maybe it was simulating uh suckling or something like that. The breastfeeding. Yeah, I, gonna, I, don't I was know gonna what. say maybe you were um it, yeah, maybe you were you yeah. weren't a thumb sucker. I wasn't. I wasn't a thumb yeah. sucker. I didn't suck my thumb. But, no, um, I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Now this song is a warning. Yes, folks, a warning against the danger, the perils, our very, our very economy, a social fiber, moral turpitude, <laughs> national security, and friends, the danger is not. It is not the long hairs. And it is not the the warmongers or the squares or the drug users or the fuzz. Friends, the danger, the real danger is thumb suckers. Yes, you heard me right, friends. I say thumb suckers. And every time, every time you you make a peace sign with your fingers, and every time you push a doorbell, and every time you're on a highway and stick out your thumb, there is always lurking in the shadows some dirty, sneaky thumb sucker who will leap out upon you, grab your wrist, and start to suck your thumb, draining all your natural thumb juices, and leaving you a hopeless, hapless, shaking, quivering, crawling, slavering, thumb-sucking addict for the rest of your unnatural life. That's why I ain't gonna let no thumb sucker suck my thumb. Suck my thumb. Well, I just want I just wanted to ask you, what are your idiosyncratic things that you think uh, are particular to you? Uh, I thought I wrote down a few for me. Um, one of them is that I have to have when I sleep at night. I have to have an incredibly soft pillow. It has to be so squishy that it, it's almost no pillow at all. It goes right, you know, you, your head caves right into it gently. Yeah, and it, Oh, you do? Oh, see, I got to have that kind. No, I can't have I a pillow that makes my neck kind of tilt. And I, just, I need a firm pillow. I yeah. like things to be firm in my life. I like things to be flaccid. No, I got to have a soft pillow. And, and I have... I like about three or four of them, to tell you the truth. I have all these different pillows. Some of them I tuck in between my... I mean, I'm a really weird sleeper. I uh, have... I absolutely have to have a glass of water on the nightstand next to me, I, or a bottle of water if I'm in a hotel. I have to have water. I don't want to get out of bed and go hunting for water in the middle. For me, it's a glass of scotch. The other thing I absolutely have to have is a book to read at night. And there was one time, I have to read 
I get into bed and I have to read. And I yeah, had me too. a situation where the somebody I, my luggage was lost and my book was in that luggage. And I got out. Thank God they put Bibles in those hotel rooms, which I still don't know why they do that. But uh, I had to read. I was like, all right, guess I'm reading the Bible. And I just grabbed the Bible, opened it up to a page and started reading. I'll very tell you, it can pay off very for interesting, you. Very interesting story, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what this is about. Huh. I grabbed a Bible one time in a hotel room and a joint fell out of it. <laughs> and, and that was the very first joint I ever smoked. That one. I didn't, um, I didn't vet it. I didn't know what it could have been. Poison. It could have been strychnine in it. I, I I didn't know, but I always oh. wanted to smoke a weed, some weed. I think I'll try this one. A marijuana. Uh, so that, so maybe that maybe the Bibles are just repositories for weed. I don't know other don't illicit know. stuff. Uh, my other idiosyncrasy is that I cannot bear wet socks, even a little bit wet. If I'm walking through the kitchen in my socks, and uh, you know the dog dish has spilled a little water, and I step oh, yeah. in it, got to change my yeah. socks right away. Now that's yeah. weird. That's no, kind that's of weird. Not weird. No, that's I can't. Not. I can't. I mean, I I so distracted. The house could be on fire, and Patty, you know, Patty, would be get come on, let's get out of here. No, I got to change my socks. I got to. Get, I can't go outside in these wet socks. So that's a weird thing. And my brother Mike, he used to have a thing, and I and I don't know if he remembers this. If we were watching television, if there were, if somebody had taken off their shoes, there was a sock. Uh, you know, a piece of candy wrapper, anything. He had, in other words, from where he was sitting to the television set, there could be nothing in the way. There could be no, <laughs> it didn't have to be blocking the television. I love he, that. But he needed a clear path straight to the television set. And you'd see him get up and throw little things out of the way, right and left, oh God, until he had a clear so path. I thought that, I thought, the other thing is when I go jogging, I cannot jog or run if I've got anything in my shoe. It can be a grain of sand, much <laughs> less something big like a marble or a peppercorn. I can't, I got to stop, take my shoe off and shake. Well, I run out in a peppercorn field. I don't all think the time. anybody can run around with a peppercorn in their shoe. But it doesn't I, have to be a I big thing. I mean, no, I most people would say- weird. How can you even notice that? But if it's there, I'll notice it, and I cannot continue. I have you to stop. You were clearly the princess in the pea in a former life. That's what it was. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, any, do you have anything standout weird things that... No. I thought me introducing this would just open up a panoply of great stories from you, but... I'm surprised you don't wrong. haven't made any observations about my weirdness. I mean, is there anything you've noticed about me that's weird? <laughs> This thing you have where you like to wear swim fins just around the house. I mean, I've seen you go, you've gone to the store with them. Uh, you used to come to the radio station when we worked together and you'd, I'd hear this flapping. I said, is she coming? Yeah, she's coming down the hall now. I just think they're cute and they're comfy. So, so there's no other reason than that. No, I just know okay. that no other reason. I just thought that was a little weird. No, no other reason. Well, in the name of Bully Batibo, it I think we have come to the end of the road. I'm glad you had a good wait. time in Hawaii. I did. And I'm glad I you're feel better, safely. and um, I'm moving through it, and uh, onward, upward, and onward to a new um, chapter in my life. So there you go. How many chapters are there going to be? I don't know. I am happy to be looking at a new chapter. I'm still in the prologue mm. of mine.
Here we go. All right. Mike was touching up the paint in the bathroom one weekend when the brush slipped out of his hand, leaving a stripe across the toilet seat. Oh, no. Yeah, of paint. What so, color? Uh, well, he was using a kind of a green paint, I think. Okay. So now he's got this stripe across the toilet seat. He, that doesn't look very good. He doesn't want to put one of those, you know, those uh, terry cloth or <gasps> those car- little car- furry. carpety things. Yeah, those yes. furry things. Yeah. Oh, my God. But that would have been the easy thing to do. It would have. Uh, we have one that is the face of Santa that we will put on <laughs> one of our toilet seats <laughs> in Christmas time. But Santa's beard is so thick that the toilet seat falls shut all the time. So for a guy, you got to make sure you have one hand where you need it to be and the other hand holding the toilet seat or Santa's going to get a face full. Right. Uh, So this thing, the stripe is across the toilet seat and Mike knows that's not going to be good. So Mike painted the entire seat over. In other words, he painted it all green. Okay. With fresh paint. And then he went off to watch a ball game. Well, when his wife happened to get home early that day, she went upstairs to pee. And (laughs) you can guess what happened. She found herself firmly stuck to the toilets. Oh, so it wasn't the lid. See, I thought, because normal people... It was the lid. That's an idiosyncrasy I have. I have to shut the whole toilet down. Like, when I'm done, the lid, everything goes down. Shut it up for shut. It's done. Lid down. So you're saying that the lid was up and it was just the toilet seat that was open. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Well, I don't know. (laughs) That's kind of getting off the point of this otherwise really good joke. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. So the toilet seat was painted. She stuck her bottom on it and then she was stuck to it. Is that what you're saying? I would say the toilet seat thing that you raise is a good idea. It's, It's interesting because... I drop our toilet seats at home because otherwise our dog wants to drink the toilet water. Uh, our previous dog, our previous dog had no problem lifting the lid with his nose. I don't know how he did it. Oh my so he, God. So he just flip it up like, yeah, this ain't going to stop me. And, oh my uh, God. And he would dr- drink away. Okay. So anyway, back to the. Um, okay. So uh, the wife is going pee. She's on the toilet seat and she gets stuck. When Mike gets home around 6 o'clock, he finds her sitting there. She's furious and embarrassed, but un- but he couldn't even dislodge her for fear of tearing her skin. So with Ooh. a great deal of difficulty, Mike managed to get her into the back seat of the car. So, you know, he removed the toilet seat <laughs> and got her into the car, then oh into a my. wheelchair at the hospital. Oh, my God. And okay. then he wheeled her into her, and then she's... So she's on her knees on an examining table, and at this point... The resident entered, the doctor did, and surveyed the scene. And the husband said, well, what do you think, doctor? And the doctor says, well, nice, very nice. But why the cheap frame? (laughs) Daylight come and me one go home. Man, I'll have to ask you not to shout like that. Well, uh, it's like right in my ear, man. Well, it goes with the song. Yeah, but know. don't holler in my ear, well, man. Well, it's authentic uh, calypso. Yeah, but like shout. I stand next to me, man. Well, the shout go with the bongo drums. Well, not my bongo drums, man. I mean, move away. Well, man. I don't see why. Uh, no, no, no. Stand well, over next to the guitar, man. 
He sent me over here. Yeah. Well, then sing soft, man. You know, I mean, like, wow. Okay. Day. It's too loud, man. Day. That's better. He's a day. 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 Oh, daylight come and me one go home. Yeah, man. Who work all night and a drink of rum. Daylight come and me one go home. Stock banana till the morning come. Daylight come and we won't go home. Lift six foot, seven Hold foot, man. eight Hold foot, it, punch. Daylight too loud, man, too loud. Six foot, seven Hold foot, it, eight Hold foot, it. Hold punch. Daylight my ears, my ears, like my ears. No, hold it, man. It's too shrill, man. It's too piercing. Oh, well, I don't see why. No, it's too piercing, man. Uh... It's too piercing. Well, I got to do the shout. No, man, it's too piercing. Like, I don't dig loud noises. Well, you ruined the whole... Piercing. ...record is what you do. Yeah, well, tough. I'll take my bongos and go, man, because the whole thing is, like, bugging me anyhow. Yeah, well, wait a minute. I won't no, shout. I'm no, I'm cutting, man, no. like I didn't want to make this gig in the first place. No, no, wait a minute. I'll be soft. Yeah? Well, then, back off of me, man. It's too piercing. Okay. How's this? Yeah! Too loud, man. Okay. Too loud, man. I can still hear you. Would you mind leaving the room? Okay. Crazy. Daylight come and me wander home. Daylight come and me want go home. Hey, beautiful bunch of ripe banana. Daylight come and me want go home. Hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight oh, come man, don't sing about spiders. I mean, ooh, well, like I don't dig spiders. Well, that's, that's how the song goes. He goes, hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight come and me want go Is that it? Can I leave now? Oh, not yet. We got a big finish. Yeah, man. I locked myself out. Crazy. I come through the window. Daylight come and me won't go home. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.